What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fitness for Thought. I'm joined today by my co-host, Christian French, and our first official guest, Adam Rineker. Adam, how are we doing? Great. Thanks. All right. So I'm excited to get our first guest on here. Got some questions. Um, French, you want to lead us off or you want me to start? Yeah, I can start with one. All right. Full-time job as a teacher at East Buchanan, where we where we all went to high school. Um, knowing who you are, and you're pretty big into fitness. Um, how do you balance fitness with family life and a full-time job? I can imagine it's pretty difficult sometimes. Um, I would say at the beginning, I kind of was more selfish than I should have been. Where uh, I just had like a set time where I would work out no matter what, you know, whether the kids were home or not. But the longer I was married and the busier I got, I realized that it's pretty important to just get that stuff done while they're sleeping or while, you know, they're already doing something like that so that I'm not missing any time with them and just makes things easier at home. Yeah, definitely. I can see, um, you know, being around you, I can see you kind of changing that, um, figuring that out. I know it's not not always easy, but... um, it's good to get adjusted to that. Okay, so um, I kind of want to start off for anybody who doesn't know you. I'm sure most people that listen to this do, but um, yeah, I want you to talk about... I just asked a real question off the bat. Didn't even intro. Yeah, no, it's all right. Um, <laughs> I want you to talk about how you got into lifting and when you knew it was going to be a big part of your life. Like when you knew you, you were going to continue this for a long time or just fitness in general. Because I know you teach PE too. For those of for those of you who don't know, um, well, growing up, I really liked sports, and uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, I was just like one of those guys, you know, one of the better kids on the team, faster, things like that. And then uh, it comes time to get into middle school, and and, and puberty comes, and things like that, and uh, everybody started growing, and I didn't, and I was like. Uh, okay, well, what's going on here? And so I wasn't really big into lifting then because I wasn't seeing any results with the little bit that I was doing. Uh, but then when I got older and realized like the benefits and and kind of had a huge growth spurt and stuff like that, that's when I kind of uh, took it to a new level. Uh, before I got deployed, I was working with this first sergeant all the time and he got me into lifting for the first time. Uh, he just had this old school program where he lifted... Uh, complete body workout three times a week and he never changed anything you'd add weight if you could handle it but the reps the sets the the exercises everything was the same but that's when I kind of learned that you don't have to be super fancy you just got to go in and and do what you got to do and increase the weight if you can and, and went from there and then running running spree for a couple years where I thought I was going to be a a good runner which I mean I ran a couple marathons and some other halves but it just depends. You just find a hobby that challenges you and then try to stick with it for a while. Yeah. And do you think that um, fitness is a good outlet for you to kind of push yourself mentally and like become a better person through those as- aspects of your life? Because it seems like for me, when you're really on a on a schedule and you're bound and determined to accomplish something, you go like all in towards it. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem, like, problem good and bad, like, 
uh, when I when I have my mindset on something or I'm training for something, then I'm all in and like pretty much consist of all of my t- extra time. But uh, the downfall of that is when I'm not training for something or I don't have some long term goal, then I get kind of lazy or, or you know start doing things that I know are not going to help me fitness wise and and just like that like when you're working out hard and you feel good and you look good then usually everything else goes well and then when you're kind of slacking then usually everything else goes a little bit downhill yeah yeah i know i can relate to that just in in the sense of when you don't have something you know whether it's something on the calendar or even something that you are training for like a specific goal it can be hard to be motivated and you don't really know what direction you're going in um so i can relate to that but yeah, it's just about being consistent with, with those highs and lows. Um, it's not always going to be easy, but that's part of the journey. So, French? See you giggling over there. God, French looks so skinny. I'm not used to his face being that skinny. I know. He's that post-surgery life. I know. I know. It's not, it's not no bueno. You got to grow a beard okay, or something. so. <laughs> I can't do that either. Okay, so. You mentioned, uh, so you were in the military. How do you think that helped shape your, you know, drive to be physically fit and just your overall, like, discipline? Because I know being in the military definitely requires discipline. How do you think that affected your life as far as that goes? Um, Yeah, I would say before I joined the military, I definitely needed uh, the discipline that it gave me. Like, I was, I mean, probably a little more immature than some of my peers um, coming out of high school. Um, kind of wild, you know, did whatever I wanted to do and, and things like that. And then I went to the military and, and I, that was the structure that I needed when I realized like, Hey, you know, you got to keep your mouth shut and listen and, and, and do things right. Or this is going to be miserable for you. So yeah, I guess I learned it from there. Like, you know, from being kind of a class clown and, and kind of being that funny guy in high school and then going into the military and trying to keep you know, completely quiet and, and not be noticed by anybody in a negative way. I guess that kind of taught some discipline and, and control over, you know, the way you act and the things that you do. That kind of reminds me of the story you told me once about um, when they asked who, who, your tough, who the toughest guy in the room was <laughs> and you were trying to hide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was, um, it was a combatives class. So it was like, very like low level where they teach some grappling and like arm bars and stuff like that. And, and I didn't want to be there in the first place. And then the last day they had this competition where you had to like go against somebody else. And this kid was going to be in an MMA match, like a lower level MMA match this in a couple weekend or something like that. So he raises his hand all cockily and then uh, they wanted a volunteer and I was trying to hide behind a bunch of other people and I got drug out there and the guy just like ran after me and tried to take my head off. Well, luckily I got into some tussle and got him into an arm bar and then cracked his elbow a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Vicious. yeah, I didn't, didn't want to be there. So I guess that was just my fight or flight response. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that you ran a few marathons um, to, to kind of um, – go further into your career, what would you say some of the highlights of your um, fitness career were, whether that be just with uh, how you looked or how you felt or specific accomplishments number-wise? 
Um, just running, basically, just in the running area. Eat any area, lifting too. Uh, I would say the highlight of my lifting was probably, I mean, minus the last you know three months ago when I was doing your program, I was on pace probably to be as strong or if, or stronger than I've ever been in most of the conventional lifts. And then we had a couple of issues with possible hernia or strains or whatever. But before that, um, when I was a little bit heavier, I think I did that bodybuilding competition that we talked about where I benched like 350 with a pause and deadlift 480 and then squatted 445. So that was probably the best I've had in, in lifting. And you, um, in just gym lifts, uh, I know when you were – quite a bit heavier you bench 405 right yeah you know that video i look at it all the time uh i was just one day me and alex were in there lifting and and the gym was to, to us and i had way too much weight on there and for whatever reason he motivated me enough to think i could lift it i mean but i've never been close to it again but that was a really cool day but i was probably 250 that's yeah. when i started coaching track for you guys and that goes right into my running so the started getting this this coaching job, coaching track, and that was when I was trying to lift heavy, so I was like 245, 250 pounds, excuse me, and that's when I started realizing, hey, you know, if I'm going to be coaching these guys track, I need to be able to at least run a, a mile or two at a decent pace and and be able to do some of these things that they're doing, you know, themselves. And is that when you started, so were the did the marathons take place after that or before that? So Alex, my brother, him and his wife started running halves before that and 5Ks and things like that. And I'd ran in the past, but it wasn't a huge thing for me. And then pretty much it was just him saying, oh, like, yeah, you know, this, maybe this isn't for you. You've been lifting, you know, heavy weights for a while. You should probably just stick to that line of, of fitness and not do this running thing. And that's what kind of pissed me off a little bit, <laughs> the brotherly challenge. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? I... I've ran fast before, you know, I ran a 11.58 two mile in basic training or something like that. I mean, I can, I can run fast again. It's just going to take some time and I'm going to have to change some things. And then we ran a half together and he beat me or whatever. And then a couple five Ks, I'd win one, he'd win one. And then, uh, then I started training for this marathon that ended at uh, Kinnick Stadium and that was probably the highlight. It's the only marathon I've done. And Alex, I think, trained harder and had a better plan. But for whatever reason, he cramped up the last, like, four miles and had to run backwards or something like that. And then he just said, go ahead and go. I would have stayed with him. But, yeah, that was cool. Uh, it wasn't a crazy fast time, but I ran 26 miles without stopping and I could still walk after it. So that was probably the highest. And the lowest was probably... When I ran the thirty the fifty k, the thirty one mile race, and I had some some heel issues, and I wanted to get a, a shot in my heel just to make it through, and I had uh, a nasty cold and stuff, but I had already paid for the shirt and got through most of the race, and then uh, threw up all my <laughs> everything I'd ate, eaten and drink during the race. Uh, some guy gave me a huge shot of salt water. I slammed it, and then a mile later, I puked everything up. Jeez. And I just told Alex, I'm like, hey, you know, you got to go. And I was kind of wandering through the woods, felt like I was intoxicated. <laughs> and then my son pretty much had to drag me to the finish line. Like his his slow walk was my fast run at the finish line. But 
but I finished it. So, um, you talked a lot about your brother Alex there. Do you think that having him as a brother and even more so a competitor does that motivate you to want to compete with him and and become better yourself? He's just one of those guys. I don't know how to explain it. Like the dude's just good at everything. Like he's good. He's a good doctor. He's a good chiropractor. He's a good person. He's uh, he's good at uh, he's good in his faith with uh, with his church and, and the things that he does. So like, even though he's my younger brother in a lot of aspects, he's more mature and probably way more well rounded. Although he can't really work on anything like construction wise, which is <laughs> one area I have. Shots fired. Yeah, but yeah, just to have to have somebody who is just that well rounded and can do that many things. Is it just pushes me to like, hey, and plus having him shared on my Apple Watch thing where it dings every time he runs, you know. Like last Saturday, I run five miles thinking, yeah, I'm having a heck of a good day here. An hour later, my watch dings and Alex ran 5.01. <laughs> you know, just just having that person in, in that group and, and the accountability aspect. And yeah, yeah I mean, is it is there some jealousy sometimes? Yes, but it's been both ways, you know. Mm-hmm. I beat him in some 5Ks. He's beat me in a lot of things too. And, and I don't think without that, I think he would have just been more average, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And French and I talked about in a previous podcast about um, social media in particular and kind of just using, seeing someone else that you might be surrounded with, whether that's a peer or a relative and um, getting that urge to compare yourself to them and um, but we, we just talked about how that can be used as motivation and inspiration. Um, and it's better to, to have those people to look up to, but, um, moving on, I think, uh, well, I know you're kind of in a complicated situation with your health right now and we can go into that, but what would you say some of your current fitness goals are, um, and, and talk about maybe some of the struggles you're going through right now um, with how you feel physically? Um, my current fitness goal right now is to feel the way I felt uh, three or four months ago when I when I woke up in the morning at 5 a.m. and met you at the gym at Iowa Strength. Shout out Iowa Strength. Shout out Iowa Strength. Chris had a performance today. It looks like he got third. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Just I want to get back to where I can wake up in the morning and feel good and and warm up and, and lift heavy stuff and still be able to run a good mile. I'd like to start like a, that program I talked to you about. Yeah. When I start feeling good again, I'd like to start that Dawson. Uh, I don't know if it's Wyndham or Wyndham. I don't know how to say his last name, but yeah. dude seems like a genius. And I bought his program when it was on sale. So my goal would be to, to start feeling well and then get through that. Um, as far as the feeling well thing, I don't, I don't really know. Like I don't want people to think the wrong thing. I teach at the school. So, yes, I, I don't have COVID. I got tested for everything. COVID, um, what did I tell you, mono, yeah. Lyme disease, everything under the sun. Everything. I just had body aches and felt like crap and was always tired. And it's kind of getting better, but it's like uh, like the arches in my feet and my hands and stuff like that are still still kind of wacky. I don't know. I don't know what it's from, but uh, hopefully it gets better. And then we just go back to uh, setting a new goal. But I have had one goal that I haven't broken yet. I think I'm like 73 or 74 days into a, a one mile or more run each day for 365 days. So yeah, I guess I've started that. That's one that I've got to, I've kept, even though I felt like crap. 
and coaching cross country was easy because I just run with him anyways. But yeah, that's the current goal. But the overall goal is to to get back into being uh, functional, being able to lift heavy, but still run fast and uh, feel good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you talked about, you know, the seven, what would you say, 73 days in a row? Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. Um, what would you say building habits like that um, is is one of the things that keeps you consistent and, and leads you to become more successful? And along with that, what habits do you think you know for yourself you need to be happy and successful? Uh, yeah, I think well, like it's uh, you just you keep doing the same things over and over day after day. Uh, and even if it's just like one thing, like stupid thing, like wake up and, and chug 24 ounces of water before you drink any coffee or yeah. get out into the sunlight or um, take a, a cold shower when you wake up. But the more good things you do and the simple things you do and then you add them and, and compound over time and then it just seems like everything you do is a little bit better. I do notice that when I don't have a goal or a long-term thing or or when I slowly start slacking without somebody telling me that I'm I'm doing that, then then yeah, it can go downhill really fast. Yeah. Yeah. French, what do you think? You got any other questions? Yeah, so you mentioned a few times that you're a coach. I know you've coached multiple different sports before. And while working with kids, because I mean, me and Nolan are pursuing careers in like some I guess you can call it coaching, like personal training, strength coach. It's a form of coaching. What advice do you have when like working with other people, how to motivate them, how to command their respect while also not being a huge douche at the same point? Yeah. And I definitely want to hear this because I definitely, one of the things I admire about you is how good of a people person you are. Um, so I definitely want to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I've been coaching for eight years maybe longer, but the only thing that I've like noticed is, um, the mistakes that other people have made is they feel like they're just going and trying to like take complete control over the situation. Like these are kids. These are, are, are they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do some stupid things. Like it's just how it is. So with me, I, I was never like super knowledgeable, knew every football, every play and, and knew what was going to work. But what did work for me is that like I really genuinely liked the kids and cared about them and, and wanted to see them successful. And I think they could feel that and understand that. And in turn, it didn't really matter what play I picked. They had enough respect for me and for themselves and other kids that they just executed as well as they could. So I think the the relationship thing I've been really, really good at. Um, the strictness and, and and the other stuff, sometimes I, I can Excellent. be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I I would definitely say from even from uh, having you as a coach since a young age, one of the things I really respected about you was that um, I could definitely tell that you were a good motivator because when you would talk to kids and keep in mind, this is seventh, seventh, eighth grade kids, um, you wouldn't talk to them, talk down to them like a lot of coaches um, sometimes have the tendency to do. Um, and a lot of adults, you know, adults talk to children like, you know, they're kids and, you know, sometimes that's warranted, but other times, you know, kids can, you know, sense that f form of self disrespect of disrespect. And when you actually talk to someone just like they're a person, like I see you do a lot, um, it, 
it commands that respect. And then they, like you said, want to go out there and execute those plays as best they can because they know they are doing it for somebody that actually cares about them as a person, not just like a kid. Yeah, and I, I don't like that either. I think that's maybe why I do that is because like, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most intelligent person, but I'm definitely not the dumbest person. But anytime you're in a conversation where somebody's talking to you like – when you can tell that you feel like they're dumbing it down for you. I, I don't appreciate that. And kids don't appreciate that either. They just want to be talked to like it is or or like, you know, just like a normal person. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I definitely respect about, like, with coaching at, like, a small high school, you can definitely tell the people are there because they care because you're not making a ton of money. So they're putting forth their time, volunteering it. I mean, you can definitely tell they're there for the love of the sport because they actually care about the kids. So I definitely respect and appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, most of those kids and even like you guys, like, I mean, they're like little brothers and, and, and stuff like that to me. Like, I'm still kids I run into all the time. Graduated five, six years ago. Like, hey, what's up? How's things going? Like, I remember you. Like, I remember French when French was in kindergarten. I was his cadet <laughs> teacher in kindergarten. He was one of the goofiest kids around. Him and Richie Enos would jump around singing songs and stuff. And, <laughs> like like and then, and then he gets into high school and, and hits this huge weightlifting and dieting thing. I mean I just remember stuff like that. Like no one no one and you guys started lifting like seventh and eighth grade and Taylor Fox and then then it got to the time where it's like, hey, these guys they don't need my help anymore. They've got their own stuff figured out and, and now I'm getting programs from people like that, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um you know, you talked about seeing French as like a kindergartner. Um, and you don't, you talked previously about, you know, yourself, um, prior to the military having like being a little immature, what advice would you give to your younger self throughout life? Not just fitness, um, anything. Oh shit. I mean, that's like, like a lot of people would say like, Oh, if, if I could, if I could go back, I wouldn't change a thing. Like, I feel like that's the dumbest thing ever. Like if I could go back, I would change so many things. Like, yeah. like obviously you, the, with the, the late, you know, late development and, and not being able to do things like that. That's one thing. But also there was a lot of times that, that I took shortcuts in, in sports that, you know, if I just would have put my time in and understood how much you could get so much better at everything just by being strict and sticking to your plan and then having that, like, group of five or six guys like you guys did that just held each other accountable and, and where you'd be on each other's butts if you weren't doing things. Like, so, yeah, uh, be more disciplined uh, learn more like you I mean being a teacher I shouldn't say this but you you're not going to learn everything you need to learn about life through a, a book like go out find something you're interested in like research you know test trial and error things like that like there's so many things you could have I could have done better or or like that but also um I try to be that person that that kids can come to if if they want to reach their goals like that too because I remember having like Mr. Stefan and stuff like that. But when he got a little bit older, like there wasn't a lot of personable coaches that were like, hey, you know, hey, I'm going to go run to Independence from Winthrop this weekend. You want to come with me? Things like that. Just yeah. doing some crazy stuff that, that they can brag about to their friends. So um, like to my younger self, yeah, like try everything. Be more dedicated. Uh, make better choices. Um, and also like be – um, intentional about the people that you surround yourself with because when I was younger, younger, like freshman, sophomore year, like 
I wasn't making the right choices all the time. I wasn't hanging out with the people who were working the hardest or, or doing the right things or that everybody was talking about. I was just kind of going with what I thought was cool. So I guess yeah. after all that rambling, just you know, try everything, surround yourself with good people, do your best all the time, and, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. No, I think that's really, I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, do you think it's hard from a coaching perspective to be that person who kids can come and listen to, but also be someone that, um, they can, that can command respect. Like you can still remain an authority figure. Yeah. And the, the friendship thing I'm really good at. I mean, I feel like everywhere I go, like I coached at Northland this year and, and there's kids that I'm friends with and, and that goes really well. But then when it comes time to like demand respect, uh, I would say sometimes it's hard for me to like flip the switch and go from from friend to uh, like almost like a parent, like a coaching parent where you're like, hey, you're doing this shit all wrong. You're making bad choices. Quit feeling sorry for yourself, like things like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, finding that happy medium. That's where I do struggle. But um, I've coached with some people who I feel like are are getting closer to both areas than I am. But as far as personable goes, I feel like I'm pretty good. I just need to be uh, a little more strict and a little more, uh, what I mean, lay the hammer down when it needs to come, I guess. Yeah. Are there any, are there any lessons you've learned since you started coaching um, that you apply in your daily life? Like <clears throat> how to, like, for example, how to talk to people like you talked about earlier. Yeah, kids are, like, they're a little bit, like, different, which I'm sure people said that when we were, when I was a kid, too. Like, they just don't understand the way that we did. So, I think trying to figure out, like, what makes them tick, like, what they're interested in, what, what, who they respect and why they respect them is part of it. What I'm learning also with kids is that uh, they can really, like, teaching PE this year, they can feel your energy. Like, if you come into class... And you're giving it, you know, 50% and you're not really into the unit that you're giving and things like that. They can feel it. Like we just got done with the gymnastics unit, which I'm not super confident with because I was never a gymnast. But I felt like it was something that they deserved to try. And it was also something that some of the girls were really interested in. And the beginning wasn't, wasn't crazy. But then towards the end, we were, you know, climbing the rope and doing back handsprings and front handsprings with people catching them and stuff like that. And the energy was really high. So I guess just um, find what makes the kids tick and, and being uh, as into everything you're doing as, as they are because they deserve to you know, have that energy that a lot of the coaches gave us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, enthusiasm is very important. You know, people respond to that. Um, French, you got another question? Yeah, so I got a little another coaching question here. So when you're coach <laughs> when you're coaching, you're definitely coaching people from different situations, <clears throat> backgrounds, all that. Do you take a what kind of a, as far as an approach you take to coaching, do you have to kind of adjust your the way you coach some kids as opposed to others? Like you need to kind of uh, hold others like be more harsh on them and some of them you need to kind of pat them on the back a little bit more how do you approach that oh absolutely um and that took me a while to learn I just thought that when I first started coaching wrestling that everybody was as into wrestling as I was and that we were all gonna you know be this whatever 
be this crazy, crazy into everything. But the more you realize and the more you coach, you realize that there's some, some athletes that the sport does more for them than they do for the sport, if that makes sense. Uh, so like them being a part of something and being accountable for showing up every day and having to do something and stuff like that uh, teaches them things that they may not have learned before. Uh, for instance, coaching cross country this year for the first time, they, they voted to have practice in the morning. So then not only did they have to run at least two to three miles a day, they had to get up at six to be there and show up every day, Monday through Friday and things like that. So um, did we break land speed records? No, but every single one of them got faster and the energy was really high towards the end of the year and things like that. So, uh, and also just whatever, like people's environmental factors or, or things that happen at their house or, or at home, they're all different. There's some kids who, who go home and get their parents undivided attention and uh, at the snap of their fingers, get everything they ever wanted. And then there's kids that you coach who uh, the most attention they've got all day was the attention you gave them for the hour and a half at practice. So yeah, you can't treat them all the same. You have to figure out what makes them tick, what, what, what situation they're going through. And I feel like if you figure that out, then you can uh, kind of help with the situations that they have and maybe uh, bring out the most potential that they could give you as an athlete. Yeah, that's really right. Yeah, well too. put. I think the, I mean, <laughs> I feel like one of the goals is to help them grow throughout the sport and then find a way you can pull the most potential out of them. Yeah, it's really cool when you get a, a, a kid who who maybe doesn't have the best home life and then and then they break out and, and can do these crazy things just with uh, the understanding that, that they have a talent that can take them places. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. I think, um, you know, especially – not to discourage anyone, but I think um, sometimes for a lot of kids, there's a bigger purpose to sports in high school, especially in our area, coming from a small area. Um, there's a bigger purpose to it than just maybe going off to play in college like a lot of people think or a lot of people want to. I think, you know, you learn a lot of lessons and um, especially like you talked about for some of those kids, you know, sports might be their only outlet that really lets them enjoy themselves or grow as a person so yeah i think that's awesome what else french you got any more i'm, I'm out um let's see what do you see so you i know you're phys ed teacher for elementary right yeah so what do you think i mean obviously a kid could be super uncoordinated early on and then become a stud athlete later in high school what do you think is the thing that if you were looking like um, to develop your kid at a younger age, obviously not pushing them too hard. Like what do you, what's the biggest thing you see from kids that you think that their parents could help them work on like at home to help set them up for long-term success? Or is it too early to tell at that stage? Um, maybe I'm not like seeing it through uh, PE this year, like specifically, but what the, the trend that I've been noticing, and I'm sure you guys have too, is uh, sport, I mean specific like one yeah. sport two sport athletes things like that like I think yeah and also so introduce your kids to everything give them a chance to try soccer uh, bowling I mean golf everything let them let them try everything once and let them figure out what works for them 
or what they're interested in. So that's one thing, introduce everything to them and then let them choose. And the second is to not live vicariously through your kids. Like, so you you didn't accomplish these things when you were in school, doesn't mean that your kids are, are, are there to finish the things that you couldn't do. So introduce them to everything, let them try everything, um, let them fail. Um, let them have to sit on the bench and and wonder what they got to do to get better, things like that. Like there's a lot of life lessons you can learn from not being the best and not having um, the most skills. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's really definitely. important. Um, I think I mean it's obvious. You know, you can see even from an outsider's perspective when parents do that, like <clears throat> they live vicariously through their kids, and uh, I think that's really important. I mean, I I think it's good for parents to encourage their kids to be active because, you know, if you had a great time playing basketball and you want your kid to have that same experience, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice sentiment, but, um, yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And I think it's also very important for kids to play sports and learn how to, like you said, you know, maybe you're going to mess up and have to sit on the bench, you know, it's, I think it's very important for them to fail and then learn how to respond to that because, and their immediate reaction is not, oh, okay, I'm going to get better. No, the first time you fail, you think, wow, this fuck, this sucks. Yeah, and I you stuck. know, you know, you might yeah. pout, you might pout, especially at, a, especially at a young age, throw a fit and give up and but, stuff like that. But you learn from, yeah, you learn from that. Yeah, I mean, you just you got to try everything and and don't like. And from a parent standpoint, with my kids, like like. I'm not the perfect parent by any means, but don't push them in a direction that you want them to go. Let them figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Just give them the opportunity to do everything and then let them let them decide what they want to do. And then from what French was saying too, like uh, today's day and age, especially with COVID and, and, and masks and people staying inside and, and hiding from getting the chance of, of getting anything like that, like take your kids outside, go to the parks, walk trails do anything that can uh, can get them off of a computer screen. And I'm just as guilty as any other parent of, of letting my kids watch movies to go to sleep and stuff like that. But give them the opportunity to be outside and to learn things. Like the last couple of weeks, Gable and I have been uh, throwing passes in the front yard and he's learning the pass routes and stuff like that. But I mean, just, just do the little things about being outside and, and taking that extra step of – being active in some way. Yeah. What do you think, French? You got any other questions? No, I think that's, that's all I got. What about you? I think that's the majority of the ones I want to answer. I thought that was, that was really good. Uh, um, yeah. All right. So, Adam, thank you for being on. Appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, this is my first ever podcast, so I'm sorry for the uh, the rumbling on and stuff like that, but... Seeing French's baby face has got me distracted. <laughs> no worries. We're we're definitely not professionals. This is a we got a ghetto setup going here, but um you gotta start somewhere. So um unless French has anything else, uh French? No, just thanks for being on. I think it's definitely good to kinda cool to see that you've been coaching us and, you know, teaching us stuff from a young age and now we kinda come together on a yeah. level playing field. It's always nice to be able to learn from people that are older and have had more experience in life in general. So yeah, I, that. to add to that, I'd like to close with it's 
awesome for me to have like been around you guys and maybe like taught you a few things to now be able to be in a situation where you guys can teach me things that I'm way behind on. Like the fact that you guys have grown in the fitness and, and dietary and, and the areas of interest that we all have in common is, is awesome because now I feel like since I did my part a long time <laughs> ago that old man Renneker may be getting a little discount when it comes to the future <laughs> things that you guys have in store. Yes, Hell yeah. Sir. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Get that friends and family. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, If you guys enjoyed having a guest on here, I'm sure you get tired of us talking. Um, Let us know. Otherwise, see you in next week's episode. Peace. Peace.